Gute Woch. Woche to Adi neue Lehrer mit Chaylom Shakoyin Yebed Varoi. How's everybody doing? Wow, nice Chaylom over there. Naftali Rishel, are you back in RBS? Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Email number one from Yankel Shepherd. Dear Rebelli Shlito, Shlito, fantastic, clear, sheer, dealing with a hard, with a hard technical sugi, with brilliant pictures and diagrams, making sure we all understand the concept. My wife comes from Basel, Switzerland. Are you related to Mickey Stefanski? That's with an I. I learned the Yeshiva's Torah, but the Fansky Bacher from Denmark about 35 years ago. Any relation? Ksiv Chasim Toivo, Yankel Shepherd. Shem Yerachim! You know what I call this? It's Amaratzis. Poshit Amaratzis. How does he not know all Stefansky are related? Shem Yerachim. All Stefanskys are related, yes. Talking about Amaratzim. Oy vavoy. Dear Rebelli, as always, the shir is great. I love the live demonstration. Although my memory isn't great, I'll never forget that sugya. Please keep them coming. I'd like to make one suggestion. Only one, Baruch Hashem, each, if I only took one suggestion from each person, it's clear that Amadei seems to be a little rushed. I was speaking with David Feinberg, and he mentioned most people would be okay with starting 10 minutes earlier. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, to give time for emails while not having to rush through on the bays. He calculates. You know what I call this email? Reboisai. Poshet. Amaratis. Look, look. Look at that and Dalit. It's this short. And look at on the bays. What do you mean? Everybody knows this. It's Yedvorim Yedduim. Go through Shas. You'll see. Omid bays is much harder, much longer. Reboisai. What's going on here? These guys need the... the I hope, I hope they don't make the mistake again. All the fancy are related. Omid Beis takes longer than Omid Aleph. Ishkoyer for the suggestions. David Feinberg. I can't believe that David Feinberg didn't tell him. Set him in his place. Shem Yerachim. Okay, so. Zog the Gemara, Daflamid Gimel Omid Beis. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Today's Shir. Sponsored, Lili Nishmas, Imi, Ruzbas Mordechai. Sponsored by Shia Greenfield. And if you don't know who Shia Greenfield is, you know who you are? I'm Oretz. She Greenfield sponsored four times this month. Four times. He had different yard sites. Finally, he couldn't kill anybody. He made his own birthday. Last month, he, uh, he was the sponsor of the turned uh, Omud. It's Shea Greenfield from Green Star Electrical Contracting. And um, I was an Amaretz. I didn't put up Ira Greenstein's uh, Mazel Tov because I got it like whatever. It was But he says Mazel Tov to Tamar Nelishev and Eliyahu. Tamar Elisheva and Eliyahu on your marriage Thursday night. So Mazel Tov, I apologize. It was supposed to be up on, on Friday as well. My proud. All right. Zok to Heilig Gemara, holding the flame Gimel and Beis. Enough of the Samaratzis. People should just get that t-shirt that says, former Samaratzim, know all the rules, know all the Klalim. Yes, also, especially if the fancy, he spelled it with an I. So I'm not sure if I'm related to that guy, actually. But all the fancy with the Y are related. What? Says the Gemara Yosef Rapopi Bekomer Lelosh Salamid Gimel on base. Today's the Flamid Dalit. So, a, a quick review. We're talking about this fascinating sugya of somebody that placed a basket on a tree and the Erev is in the tree, uh, in the basket. The Gemara says, What are we talking about? Is it a tree that's four Tfachim, less than four Tfachim? So, one shot that we had was 
that it's less than four tefachim, and together with the basket, it's four tefachim. Rabbi Yirmiya says, no, what's going on is, and we had this yesterday, we could have saved it for today, but we had, a, we had some time. We're talking about, look, if you look closely at how they did the picture, it's not necessarily so, but it's interesting. They put a peg on the bottom of the basket, and then they put the basket, they flipped it over on the peg. So the peg over here acts as a hinge. That's what Rabirmiya says. He took the basket and went as so. So now the basket goes from Rishus Rabim to Rishus Yachid. The basket is a bit of a caramelist. He's allowed to remove the food, the bread, from the basket because he's in Rishus Yachid from a caramelist. It's okay, Ben Ashmashes. That's Rabirmiya. So what does Rabirmiya say? Rabirmiya says, Yachal in Taisa. I can, I could flip the basket. I mean, the way Rashi seems to say it is, it's not so much on a peg, but he takes like he, he takes part of the basket and he opens it up. You know, he goes this way. Same idea. Okay, this is a little bit more interesting because I would think that he hangs the basket on a peg and then he takes one handle off and pulls it down, sort of like what Rashi says. Over here, the peg's on the bottom. How does, how does it not fall? I don't know. Fine. So now that we know this idea, this concept of hoyl, Hoyle again means we pretend, we imagine as if he turned the basket over. Since he could do so, so it's as if he did so. If that's the case, how does the Shliach do it? In other words, there's going to be a, a Mishnah this week, on Wednesday, that this is the case, so if we know the case today, we can run through it tomorrow. On, on, I think I, I, I think I contradicted. Maybe I'm the Amaret. Thinking now, Omar Aleph is much longer and much more difficult. I was just trying to confuse the Ilam. Okay, fine. I'm the Amaret. I'm definitely Amaret. I'll be in the same category as Rabbi Shepherd and uh, who was the other one that I called Amaret? Mordechai Ness. Oh, and he says, hashtag, Omar Bey's learning matters. <laughs> Hashtag, Omid Bey's learning matters. He's not watching the video anymore because I called him Amaritz. He's gone for life, but we all had a good joke, laugh at his joke. Hashtag, Omid Bey's learning matters. It does matter, 100%. Fight. Zog to Gimbar. What's going on is as follows. There's a two-day Shabbos Yantif, sort of like what we have today in th- this coming week. So either Yantif is on Friday, and then Shabbos is Shabbos. Or the case where Shabbos is Shabbos and Yantav comes on Sunday. Okay? Not like an hour, not like Rosh Hashanah this year, but let's talk about for a second. Both cases we're going to talk about. In order for an Erev to work both, on both days, the Erev needs to be there for two days. So, if I place an Erev on Thursday night right before Yantav, Friday comes, I could use my Erev, everything's great. Comes a dog and eats my, my, my bread. I have no Erev on Shabbos. I'm done. Done. So what do I do? Very simple. I wait until after sundown on, on Thursday night. And I bring the Erev home. I bring it back to me. I take that same Erev right before Shabbos and I place it again. Because all I need is the Erev to, to take effect, Ben so as soon as this Benish Moshes is 100% nighttime, I take my Erev, right? A dog could eat it then, it'll work for, for Friday. It just won't work for Shabbos. I take the Erev, bring it home. 
on Shabbos, on Friday afternoon, Gershon, I, Shomer, on Friday, on Friday afternoon, I bring the Eruv towards the place. I place it in the same place. And now I have a good Eruv for Shabbos. I just wait. And if I want to eat it, I can eat it on the spot. Let's see it inside. Now we're talking about a Shliach. I still hear myself in a, in a what do you call it? What does the Shliach do? Yes, especially your voice and, and, and my voice. You know what? Get, get him uh, maybe headphones. We have headphones in there. Get him headphones. I have headphones right here. Oh, I hear it through your headphones? Yes. So maybe you, you have a shtickle hearing problem. I'm in a good mood tonight. If I hear your headphones, you're at the end of the base measure. Something's wrong here. Wow. Raboyce, ah, I'm in a great mood. I am in a great mood. Says the Gemara like this. Why do we have to be talking about a shliach? Because Rashi says an amazing thing. Think about it. If you yourself are there, then you don't need an Erev at all. You don't need an Erev. What do you need an Erev for? So I'm sending a shliach. And the shliach brings my Erev over there. It's as if my Mokim Shvis is over there. He brings it back home. Rishon means the first day of Yantif. And I, I wait until it's nighttime. And then... I could bring the air of all the way home. Basheni Machshikalov Vaikloi Ubaloi. The second day, Machshikalov Vaikloi Ubaloi. So Friday night, it's already Shabbos. I can't bring it home, I can't carry. Leitzanus, once the Shabbos, Leitzanus. I set the stage for a bunch of Leitzanus. What's going on here? Boy, so we got to learn Torah. At least you can hear me now. Let me see my I'm, I'm literally, I can't, I, I, I hate to say this, I can't wait for a seger till they send me back home, back into my little house. I don't have to deal with all this, all these people coming without permission and all these guys listening and driving, talking from the kitchen, talking in front of me. It's so, uh, oh, well, I'm like a little, whatever. Anyway, I'm going I'm to be home soon. Just letting you know. Says tomorrow. Now, what happens if it's Shabbos? If Shabbos is the first, like today, Rosh Hashanah, this, this coming week. We have Rosh Hashanah, and then we have Sunday Yantif. You can't do anything about it. So you put your Erev there, Erev Shabbos. What happens if a dog eats it? Then you can't use it on Sunday. So what do you do? So you go check it out. You send a guy to look to make sure that the Erev is there, Matzah Shabbos going into Yantef, and then it's a good Erev. But that's the, that's the only thing you can do. You don't have a good Eitzah. Okay. So ask the Gemara, but according to Rabbi Yirmiya's Svara, that halachically I pretend as if I, I, I turn the basket upside down, I move the basket. Am I? Since I have the ability to bring my Erev back to that place for Yantef, so I could, I don't have to. Now, think about it. Is there a difference between me taking a basket and turning it this way, five inches bottom, or taking my Erev and going 500 feet from my house to the place of the Erev? In both places, I'm moving it somewhere. I'm going from here to there. Oh, here, from here to there. What's the difference? How much I'm going? And I'm allowed to pretend that I went from up on top in Rosh Hashanah, down to Rosh Hashanah, uh, to Rosh Hashanah, up on top from Rosh Hashanah, down to Rosh Hashanah. I could pretend. So let me pretend that I went from uh, Ramah Pet Shemesh to outside of Ramah Pet Shemesh. I'm pretending. 
Anytime I make an Eruv, says Rashi, any Eruv in the world, why do I even need to bring my challah, walk it and go 2,000 Amis on Friday afternoon, schwitz it up and bring it over there? Let's pretend that I brought it over there. Everything's great. It's a problem. I cannot allow you to pretend and do so because you might think that it's always okay, even in a case where, like this year Rosh Hashanah falls out on Sunday right after Shabbos, I'm going to think that it's okay, even in that case. In that case, it's not okay for me to bring it home because of Shabbos. So therefore I made Xavier and said, listen, no matter what, you have to bring it there, you have to stay with it, you have to look at it. You can't pretend that it went there by itself. Eisvei. Great situation here. If a person tried to do Now, a person wanted to put his Erov in a Kaisal. Oh man, I thought I had this all set up. Here's the Kaisal. You ready, Gershon? Here's a wall. And he puts his Erev in the wall. Now, if you look closely, there's two parts of the wall. There's a part that's higher than 10 Fachim and a part that's lower than 10 Fachim. Says the Gemara, if he put his Erev in the wall and Rashi keeps repeating himself over and over because of this idea that we had yesterday, Rava, that no matter where you put your Erev, you have this invisible box around you that's four Amas. And everything in that box is included, considered in your domain, in your Eruv domain. Yes, it might be in a Rishus HaRabim, in your Rishus HaYochid, it's a Rishus HaYochid, Rishus HaRabim. But it, when it comes to Eruv, we don't care. If you're next to your Eruv, and you are next to your Eruv, because there's a box that goes around you, and goes all the way up to the sky, so it's fine. So therefore, Rashi explains throughout the whole sugya that... This Erev is on a wall beyond your four Amas. You don't have a box that includes your Erev in your domain. Okay. Fine. So he's, he wants to be on the bottom, on the ground over here. And he put it in a wall. If he put it in the wall, in this little guy over here. By the way, I finally figured out. It's not a salami. It's a bottle of red wine. Okay. It just, to me, it looked like a salami from Romanian. If it's less than 10 tfachim, it's an Eruv. Why? Because we're going to say that it's a Rishus Rabbim. Why is it Rishus Rabbim? Because many people use it to unload their loads. And we said the other day that if a lot of people unload their loads, when it's exactly 9 tfachim, you have to say, let's see if he did a good job here. I don't see what he did. I don't know where this is, this line. But Rashi says, it's, oh, yeah, sorry. He does say it, nine tfachim. I don't know if you could zoom in on this. Let's see, Gary, do this. Nine tfachim right where my finger is. More. Oh, yeah, now they can read it. It says it's nine tfachim. Why is it nine tfachim? Because that's where people are able to unload their loads. Now we could see Lamata Masar, it could mean five, six, seven. no. We're talking about that's where people unload. They, they readjust their knapsacks at nine tfachim, not less than nine tfachim. So it's a very exact amount. 
and therefore it turns the wall, the hole in the wall, the Chayr Rishus Rabbim, into a Rishus Rabbim. And you are also located in Rishus Rabbim, so you're in the same domain. Rishus Rabbim, Rishus Rabbim is perfect. Okay. But if it's above ten Tvachim, it's in this guy right over here. Any Ruve Okay. It's not a good Erev. Why? You're Rishus Rabbim. Your Erev is Rishus Yachin. Bein Hashmosh is at the millisecond that your Erev has to be Chal. You cannot get that Erev. You can't eat from it because you can't move something from Rishus Yachin to Rishus Rabbim. There's not a Derabbanon. It's a Deraisa. Therefore, your Erev is not good. Now, I just want to warn everybody that there's a massive Rashi here. That's why this Amid is so small. And the Rashi, we're not going with the first Pratan Rashi. We're going with the Lashen Acher Shamati Ve'ikar. It's the Meim Shah. Why in the world the Masifta chose the first Pratan? I don't know, but that's what they do sometimes. The Heart Scroll, on the other hand, goes with the Ikar Pshat. I'm just pointing it out. So if you're following with me, in the, and it doesn't make sense in your Masifta, it's because they went with the first Pshat. At any rate, the Skaven Lishboy's Beroish HaShoyvach, Oberoish HaMigdol. A guy, look at this, I love this picture. This is really not from Kol this is my a little rendition. Kol yeah, well. Kol just had a box, I put the guy on the box. He had a bird on the box, I'm not sure why. Public bathroom? No. So the guy decided to take his residence on Shabbos on top of a shoivach. So in other words, he's high up. Or b'roish hamigdol, on top of a, a, a dresser, a box. Now, so according to Rashi's second pshat, not the first pshat, Rashi in the first pshat says a beautiful pshat. I wish that we'd go by that, but we're not. Rashi in the first shot says that he goes down and he can walk. I forgot to mention also before, we're talking about Pachas, if, if his Erev is outside of his little box that Rava talks about, so we have to say that he brings it to himself less than four Amas, less than four Amas, and that's okay during Ben because it's the Rabbanon, and that's okay. So now, so anyways, according to Rashi, he's up on a, on a Rosh Hashayachid, now, where's his Erev? His Erev is up, he, he's, his Erev is above 10 Tfachim. His Erev is a good Erev. Why? Because it's right next to, his Erev is in a wall above 10 Tfachim. He himself is right over here. So if, if you look at the picture, this picture, let's say, so he's on top of this guy, right over here. His Erev is on top over here. Now, this is the, the, the second, this is the first Pshat Rashi. The, the, sec, the, the second Pshat Rashi, this would be closer over over here. So therefore, he could grab his Eruv. They're in the same domain. He's in Rosh Hashayachad, the Eruv is in Rosh Hashayachad. It's great. There's no, this is problematic because there's this Rabbim on the bottom. And we said already, you're not allowed to carry something from from here to here, when there's Rosh Hashanah on the bottom, that's where Rashi's second shot is that it's close by. Okay. Oh. So now, he's sitting, this guy is a Meshuggah, right? We're not, we're not talking about a, hundred, a guy that's 100%. He's sitting on a, 
on a birdhouse the entire Shabbos. That's where he decided he wants to hang out for Shabbos. Great. Now, if his Erev is below him, he has a problem. How is he going to get his Erev? Says the Gemara, what's the problem? Look, it's very simple what he does. He takes his, he takes his, uh, you know, whatever he's on. I'm, I just am using the second picture. He takes this thing, and you see over here how they did it beautifully. Nice job. You can't really see. It didn't print so well. But this is like supposed to look like invisible, like it, it's see-through. So, so basically, you take this. And you, you could move it down. And if you look closely, that's why the, the closet stays exactly where it is. In other words, one of its legs is never going to move. You just tilt it. You're not lifting it up. You're tilting it on its hinge. And you put it down. Now, once you put it down, you're already within the lower level where your Erev is. And now you're good. What's the problem? If you say this idea that I could tilt things, I could move things, I pretend I moved it, I pretend I moved the basket, so why can't I pretend I moved the closet? What's the difference between a basket and a closet? Says the Gemara. Now, if he brings it down, what is this, what is this called right over here if he brings it down? Is it, over here is Rishus Yachid. This whole area is Rishus Rabbim. What is this part of the closet called when he brings it down to the ground? Anybody? A Carmelus. It's not Rishus Yachid. Rishus Yachid has to be ten tefachim high, four tefachim wide. It's no longer ten tefachim high. It's on the ground, so it becomes a Carmelus. But a Carmelus is fine. I could go from my Carmelus to Rishus to, to grab my, my bread that's next to me. Bein I'm talking about that. Millisecond of Bein Hashemoshes from a Carmelist to Rosh Hashayachet is okay. Omer Reb Yirmiya, this is Reb Yirmiya who said the whole idea to begin with. He's the one that says I can flip a, a basket upside down. Explains Reb Yirmiya, how come over here I don't say I can flip the closet? Okay, you're right. You could do that. Not in this case because, here I'm going to the Oiz Vahadur picture for a second. They had a nice Mesumar right over here. It's nailed into the wall. And here's how they have their bread. A bread in the wall. It's nailed in. I can't move it. Physically can't. If you could move it, you're right. You could. It's a good Erev. Rav Omar. Rav says, He tries to explain Rav You don't need to say such an extreme case. I have a better case. What's my case? Here, this picture. It's a giant tower. And therefore, after I move it downwards, you see this nice box, this box of the Dalet Amos, that's my Rishos, right? Everybody, rubber holds the Shittasai, everybody gets a four Amma box, an imaginary box. We're talking about something so long, let's say a, uh, a six Amma dresser, you, you, put, you push it down, it's past the box. And Mimela, I can't get it. Benesh Moshes, I can't go in there. It's two Rishuyas. Bacha b'mik d'alar chaskino. D'yememata le'ipurto. If I lower it a little, azal chutz l'arab amas, it's going to move. The top of it is going to be out of, outside of d'alar amas. Says the Gemara Yechidomi. Says the Gemara, what case are we talking about? 
if there's a window and a rope, here. If my bread is tied to a rope and it goes through a window, not necessary to say a window, it's just cooler. The Gemara is trying to be making a shmak. There's a window and I pull the bread through the window, but the point is that there's a rope. My, my food is held on by a rope and I'm holding on to the rope during Ben Hashemoshoi's a whole situation here. Let him bring the bread to him. What's the Gemara asking? You're not going to go from one Rishus to another Rishus, Ben also. But I could pull something to me, Ben That's not a problem. I remind you, I had a sugya. This is not exactly, this is the picture I was able to pull out Moshe Shabbos. Rashi brings the sugya of a guy who was reading uh, from the Torah on a roof, remember, Masech the Shabbos, and his Megillah fell off the roof. So he could pull it to him. I just, this is not the real, this is a skufa, a different sugya. But the idea, if you, if you recall, since I'm holding on to the Sefer Torah, I'm holding on to this part, so the fact that something flew off the roof doesn't matter, it's still in my hand. Something that's in my hand, I'm not over on Hoytzah and Shabbos. I could, I could bring it back to myself. So I could, if, if my bread is held onto a string, I could bring it back to myself. Tyson says, so why didn't the Gemara ask this question when we were talking about a tree? His area of his, his ten tefachim high, he's in the Rishon Sarah. He has a string. Why didn't they go like that? He says, Tyson, because we're talking about a closet. You have a lot of stuff in your closet. We're being practical. A guy that's uh, in the middle of a Rishon Sarah somewhere on a tree, not necessarily does he have a rope. Now we're asking if he already has a closet and he has all his tools, maybe he has a rope too. He says, Gemara, the less they capsule misna. We're talking about he doesn't have a rope, he doesn't have a window. Okay. We're going into a little bit of a lighter sugino. So it says in the Mishnah that if you put your Erev inside a pit, it doesn't matter how, how uh, if this pit is a Rosh Yachid pit, a Rosh Yachid goes downwards just like it goes upwards, it goes all the way down, 100, 100 Amo too. Let's understand exactly what's the case. Where is this bar? Now it's getting far, further and further away. If the bar isn't is in Yachid, in other words, all the area surrounding the bar is private domain, and the bar itself is a private domain. So why can't he take a roof out of a private domain into the top where the, where he's at? He's hanging out on his lawn chair right next to the bar. That's Rosh Yachid. Inside the Rosh Yachid, let him grab the roof. It goes from one Rosh Yachid to the other. Pshita. We're turning to the Aflamadalit on the bay, sponsored by Asher, leading the mother Raisa Basbi Yomen, and he says, Rabboisai, make it a great day. And by Dr. Listhaus. Murcha Yosef Ben Aaron. Rabboisai, I want to tell you something, because I could say it now. Uh, we'll keep it private. But Dr. Listhaus called me up, and he told me that he noticed that somebody on Zoom that watches very often, but they're in America now, so they're not watching. He noticed that their ceiling is peeling. And to him, that was a sign that they need, they need help. And he asked me how he could send them a lot, a lot of money. A lot. It's unbelievable. It gave me tremendous chizuk, like the, the camaraderie that the Heber have. He was just, he doesn't know the person, but he sees the person on, on Zoom, 
Everybody's thinking to themselves, okay, now I'm going to start making things in my ceiling. And the, but Rabbi Sai, take it easy. But we have a lot of tzaddikim around and unbelievable. Anyways, I hope he doesn't kill me for saying this. But he doesn't, he didn't want that person to know and the uh, whole thing. But that person, Bezer Hashem, is not going to watch it later on, so we're good. Zagdi Gemara. Pshita, Rishon goes all the way up to the sky. And, just like Rishon Sayyachid goes all the way up to the sky, and so too, Rishon Sayyachid goes all the way down to China. If you dig, you can dig as long, as far, deep as you want, all the way to the next, whatever's on the other side of the planet, you will be going, it's always Rishon Sayyachid. Just like Rishon Sayyachid goes all the way to the sky, it goes down. So what's enough community? You're sitting right next to the Rosh Ella. Here. Here's the Rosh Hashayachid picture. So if you're, you're sitting over here, your bar is a Rosh Hashayachid. It doesn't matter how deep the bar is. It's always a Rosh Hashayachid. Ve'ela, the Koyi Rosh Hashayachid. So let's, let's pretend this area is Rosh Hashayachid and your bar is Rosh Hashayachid. It's a big problem. Depends what? Where does he want to be? Where does he want to take up residence on Shabbos? On top? So this Eruv would not work. Why? He's above. His Eruv is in Rushus Yachad. He's in Rushus Rabim. He wasn't able to grab it. It's from Rushus to Rushus. Not a good Eruv. If the guy decided to be crazier than the guy that's hanging out on the Shoivach, he wants to hang out in a pit the entire Shabbos. Pshita. So, okay. So, what if everything around him is Rishus Arabin, but in the pit is Rishus Ayachid, and he's Kaina Makim Shvisa in the pit together with his Erev? It can't get any better like that. He's literally with his Erev. Why is that? What's the problem with that? Says the Gemara, all this around here is a Carmelis. It's a field. It's, a, it's just an open area. It's not a Rosh not a Rosh It's a Carmelis. And he wanted to be in the Carmelis. Oh. So he wanted to be in a Carmelis. And during Ben could he grab his air during Ben According to Rebbe, yes. Because to take something from a Rosh Hashayachet and bring it to Rosh Hashayachet, into a Carmelis, during Ben Hashmoshes is only the Rabbanon, and the Rabbanon is not a problem. According to Rebbe, anything that's is the Rabbanon, like bringing something from a Rosh into a Carmelis is only the Rabbanon, like Gazru Olav Ben So therefore, it's a perfect Eruv. Rabbanon hold that you can't do so, and therefore, according to Rabbanon, this wouldn't be a good Eruv. Says the Mishnah. No, we have to be we have to be done in five in seven minutes. It's only forty five minutes, but you're saying Motzi Shabbos, okay? Nisani Berei Shakana, Berei Shakundos. If a person puts his eruv on top of a pole, if you look at Rashi, it's very I thought it's funny, interesting. Kundos plow, we call it a pole. They call it a plow. It's the same like it's the same uh, letters, I guess. Pole, maybe we get our pole from plow. Just saying. So Nisani Berei Shakana. He took a, like a reed or Berisha Kundus, a pole. This is the case, right? He has a pole. It's skinny on the bottom. And on the top, according to 
Rabbi Yehuda, you need four tfachim by four tfachim. According to Rabbi you don't. Rashi says it goes according to Rabbi Yehuda, you need four tfachim. Why is this not a Rishus HaYachid? Because it's a skinny pole. In order for this to be Rishus HaYachid, it has to be four tfachim throughout the whole thing, all the way down to the bottom. Bismanchu Talush notes, if this is not attached to the ground, the reed is not growing straight out of the ground, you chopped it down, then you plunked it into the ground, if this pole is 100 amas, 200 feet tall, it's still a eru because it's not a Rosh it's not attached to the ground. Now, the fact that the Mishnah says that it's not attached to the ground, who does that go according to? We had a whole Mishnah on Da'af, Lamed Beis, Lamed Beis, we're talking about a tree, and we said it's not a problem to use a tree on Shabbos, on Bein according to Rebbe, because using a tree is only the Rabbanon, and Bein is what all we care about, is Bein HaShemoshes, Bein HaShemoshes, we didn't make it Israel to use a tree. Rami Rav Adar Talush the Mishnah says over here that it has to be detached from the ground, the reed. But if it was attached to the ground, it wouldn't be a good Eruv. Why? Mani Rabbanani. Because this goes according to Rabbanan who say you cannot take something off a tree on Bein now, let's just stop for a second. I, I need to tell the oil on this. I don't know if everybody's familiar. You see this Mishnah over here? This is actually, if you open up a Mishnah's Eruvin right now, it's part of Lamed Beis, Lamed Beis Mishnah. It's the same Mishnah. It's not Mishnah Aleph and Mishnah Beis. This is the Seifa. This is the second part. When they, when they put the Gemara together, they decided to chop it down and, 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 and make it two parts. So, not Ravashi, no, no, it's probably the lady who put together the, the Gemara in Vilna, and Rabbi Shomer is going to be yelling at me, no, it's before that. Okay, but the point is, when they printed the Gemara, it was like that, I don't think it's the Gemara. The Mishnais were Mishnais, anyways, the Mishnah has a Reisha and a Seva, you see from the Gemara here that it was at one point one Mishnah. This is the Seifa, this is the end of the first Mishnah. So, ask the Gemara bomb question, Vamris Reisha Rebbe. You gave me a whole speech and you told me the other day that the first part of the Mishnah, the, 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 the Mishnah that we learned on Friday and Thursday, where a person places his bread 10 tfachim above the ground, less than 10 tfachim above the ground, we said that the whole Mishnah goes according to Rebbe, that since during Ben Hashemoshah I'm permitted to use a tree, the whole list is to use a tree on Shabbos, but Ben Hashemoshah, since it's a Rabbanon, I'm permitted to use the tree. And therefore it's a good Erov, that's where Rebbe. But Rabbanon hold that you're not permitted to use a tree. And our Mishnah, which is the end part of that Mishnah, goes according to Rabbanon. Reisha Rebbe, Vesefer Rabbanon. How does that make sense, Rabbi Isai? You can't have one Mishnah that goes according to one person, and, and a second later, the end of it goes according to another. It doesn't work like that. Omalei. Now, think about who's asking the question here. Romalei Rav Adir Bamasan Lerava. So, Ravada was asking Rava, okay, and what does Rava say? Who's Rami Barchama? And who's Rav Chizda? So Rami Barchama is Rav Chizda's son-in-law. But guess what? So is Rava. Rava married Rami Barchama's wife. That's the famous story where Rava said, uh, if both of us are going to marry you, he told the lady, if both of us are going to marry you, let Rami Barchama marry you first. And so it was. Rami Bachama married her first, Rami Bachama was Nifter, and then Rava married her. 
So I'll just say, I'm saying it's interesting. Says Rava, my father-in-law, Rav Chizda, already answered my brother-in-law. Well, he's not really, I don't think they were ever brother-in-laws, but my wife's ex-husband, Rav Barchamel, Rav Chizda, Vishani and my father-in-law, Rav Chizda, answered, Reisha Rebbe Vesefer Rabbanon. We have no choice. It's very difficult to understand, but when you have no choice, you have no choice. Yes, the first part of the Mishnah is Rebbe, the second, of the, the second part of the Mishnah is Rabbanon, and Malasot. We try to avoid that as much as we can. Once in a while, you see it in Shas, they'll say, yeah, okay, we give up. The Reish is so-and-so, the Seif is another person. Ravina Omar, Ravina says, no, Kula Rebbe, he, the whole Mishnah is one Shita called Rebbe. V'seif Xero Shema Yiktoim. We're talking about reeds here. And when you bend a reed, you might break it. Now Rashi says, if you look at Rashi, Rashi uses the word Vadahi. I notice Rashi says Vadai, meaning, I'm assuming he means to say it's a 90% chance. Not Vadai 100%, but it's a really, really, it, it happens so often that we don't want you messing around with the reeds. You're going to start bending this way, it's going to, out of two, three people are going to do it, two of them are going to be over the erisis of Koitzer. We don't want you doing it. But says the Gemara, What are you talking about? You're saying that you want to put your Erev on a reed. But if you're going to start messing around with Erevs on a reed, you're going to break the reed a little bit. It says Rashi Vadai. Not Vadai, but Karev Levadai. Because the Gemara doesn't say Vadai. The Gemara says Shema. It says Rashi, it's not a Shema. It's not like a, a 50-50. I'm talking about an a 85, uh, 85 plus uh, 15. Okay. It says the Gemara, says the Gemara, Maisa, unbelievable Maisa for Erevin. Ahopu Musa the Asal in Narda. There's an army that came to Narda, and that's Rabbi Say. I'm sad to say, that's the end of the story, in terms of the story part, because this is Erevin. Stories are far and in between. Ahopu Musa the Asal in Narda. So, the army came to Narda. Amal Rav Nachman. So Nachman says, Puku Avidu Kavushei Kavshei Ba'agma. What I need you to do, Rabbi Yisai, is start taking the reeds and bend them over in the swamp. Because the army is here, they t- they're taking up way too much room. I don't know if they took over the shoals or wherever they were learning Torah. We need some room. We need to breathe. Let's, on Friday, let's go out to the swamp and bend over those reeds so that on Shabbos we could sit on it. So we could give shir, we could learn Torah on these reeds. Eisvei Roman Bar Rav Nachman so Rabbi Bar again, this is, you know, uh, Rav Chiz, the son-in-law, as Rav Nachman. Again, we're seeing Rav learned by Rav Nachman, Rabbi Bar is asking Rav Nachman, Rav Chiz, the Rav Nachman, probably the same generation, you know, started to figure things out here. And some people say it was Rav Vukva Bar Abba, Rav Nachman. How could Rav Nachman allow people to bend reeds? And use them on Shabbos. It says in our Mishnah that it has to be detached. It says Rashi, because vada yiktoim, you're going to. So how can you do it? How can you use these reeds on Shabbos? If the reeds are tough and they hardened up, then they're not. Then they are considered. They are considered um, trees, and trees are a problem. But if they're soft, 
then there's no problem to use a bush on Shabbos. You're allowed to use a bush. So here's Allah Rabbi If your coat is hanging on a low-laying bush, that doesn't have the isr that trees have. The isr that Rabbanan said you can't use a tree on Shabbos is something tough and hard like a tree. But not what Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Nachman is talking about the soft stuff. That's different. So I want to say it's two different types, but okay. How do, how do you know that you can make such a distinction between the, the, the hard variety and the soft one? Here, hakonim is reeds. Okay, so we have hakonim. And then we have hatodim vahigin, two other things. Some sort of a, a thorn. Min ilon These are trees. Ve'enon klein bekerem. So there's, a, there's the halacha that you're not allowed to plant vegetables in a vineyard. It's not a vegetable, it's a tree. So you can plant a tree in a vineyard. But there's another bride, another bride that says, Hakonim, here we go. Konim, reads. Vahakidon, Vurbanin. Now the Gemara is going to make a little bit of a fuss with the Hakidon, but we, we need to focus now on Konim. So one bride on Konim says, it's a tree. And over here says, It's not a tree, it's a vegetable. If it's a vegetable, you can't plant it in a vineyard. So what is a reed? Is a reed a vegetable? Is a reed is a tree. Could you plant it in a vineyard or you cannot plant it in a vineyard? Kasha dodi, it's a contradiction. Okay. So we must say that there's a variety that's tough and hard like a tree that you could plant in a vineyard. But there's the variety that Rav Nachman told this Talmudim. You could bend it over that you cannot plant in a vineyard. Shmamino. Ask the Gemara, now let's talk for a second about a kido. Kido min yoroku vosnan, it says in the Mishnah, ein markivim pegom agabe kido levano, mipnei shuhu yorok bila. Now, it happens to be, here we go, Gary's spacing out. You better be. I know. Ooh, what is this? Came out very bluish, this color. Okay. Oh, now it's a little better. It's the, the, it's the angle. Pegom is a root plant. And the white, Cassia? I don't know what it's called. Kedolavano. So these two guys don't graft them together. Now you know how to graft any plant or any tree together. But it says here, Mepneshu Yorok Bilon. It's the Kedo, this guy is Elon. Is a tree. So how are you telling me that's a vegetable? Omer Papa, Keda Lechud, Vekeda Levana Lechud. Look what it's called. It's called Keda Levana, the white variety. We're not talking about the white one. We're talking about the regular one, just regular cassia, whatever it's called. Regular Keda. Okay, not a Shiloh. Says the Mishnah, Nesane B'Migdal. You take your bread, your Erev, you put it in a box, right? Shida, Teva, Migdal. We all know what a Teva looks like. Next time we're going to have to do a Migdal. It's not referring to a tower like in a palace. It means like a nice amour or something. You know, like a nice tall closet. So it's a very interesting Shiloh. You hear the Shiloh? You can't get to your uh, Erev really easily. Your Erev is locked up. What are you going to do? You lost the key. Hareze Eruv. Tanakama says it's a good Eruv. 
Rebeleza Oimer, im Einoi Yoidea Shamafter, bim Koimoi Einoi Eruv. It's not a good Eruv. Now, what happens if he finds the key on Shabbos? He finds the key. Is Rebeleza going to say it's okay? So we have a machlaikis in Rebeleza, that's what we're going to have now, until the bottom of the Amr. Whether or not, if you find the key, is that good enough? Could you retrieve the key and bring it to you? Is that, a, is that an option or not? We have the Tanakhama says it's never a problem. I could always break into my closet. Break in. I could open up a bag of potato chips. So I could break into my closet. What's the problem? Break it. Open it up. Rebbelez says, no, you're not allowed to. But what if you find the key? Rebbelez says, you can. And Rebbelez says, you can't. Let's see the sugyo. Why is it a good Eruv? It's as if your Eruv is in a place that you can't get to. So it's in another domain. It's another place. So what if, you, so what if it's in your house, in your closet, in your house, but you can't get to it? It's as, it's as if it's in Mars. What's it there? It's in two different places. We're talking about a closet that's made out of stone. holds. Wait a minute. You'll see. There's a few rules here. If it's stone, it's even harder to get into, right? No, it's easier. Because it's stones that don't have cement. Says the Gemara, the Omar, Remeir holds, You're talking about the Snan on Yontif. You filled up a whole house full of fruit before Yontif. And we're talking about on Yontif. If the house is completely closed. But there's a, there's a place that you can get to it. It's not Mokta, even though you couldn't get to it beforehand. It's okay. What's the problem? Bust open a wall and get your fruit. L'chatechila says Remeir. What does Avira mean? You know what's between the, the, the stones? Ear. Instead of using cement, he used the ear to, to attach the stones together. In other words, they come apart easily. So in our mission we're talking about a closet made out of stone. And the only thing holding the stones together is a bunch of ear. But Rebzeira says that whole idea was on Yontav, not on Shabbos. So it's amazing. We're holding in the middle of Masech Seir and Daflam and And the Masech is basically talking about a Shabbos. The whole Masech is Shabbos, Silch Shabbos, right? Eru for this, Eru for that. etc. And now the Mishnah on Daflamidal and Bays is talking about Yantif. It doesn't really fit in here, but I guess it's, it's the same theme. So talking about Yantif. Yantif, yeah, we're talking about Yantif. If we're talking about Yantif, bomb question. So over here we have a Rebeleza that says that if his key got lost in a city, it's a good Eruv. So in a city, as the Gemara is going to explain, I could go from place to place. I could jump from rooftop to Karfif to this. It's all within one area, one domain. So if I find the key, I could bring it there. So it's a good Eruv. But why if I find it in a field, if I lost my key in the field, I cannot bring it back and open up my closet. So therefore, it's not an Eruv, but it's Yantif. Mali here, Mali Sada. What's the difference between a city and a field? I don't have a lot of carry. Daflamid Hail Madalif. 
says the Gemara, Chasuri Yeah, you're right. You have to fit in a few words here. We, in the time of the Gemara, we understood it. If you don't understand it, we'll, we'll help you out. You put it in a, in, a, in a large closet and you locked it up and the, the, the key got lost. That's a great Eruv. But on Shabbos, it's not a good Eruv. But what if you found the key? It's not a good Eruv. In a city, it is a good Eruv. Why? Why is it a good Eruv if you find the key in a city? He holds like Shimon the Omar. You could jump from a from a rooftop to Chater to Karfaf. You know those open areas. This consider one Rushus. I'm a Mela, the whole city. I could get my Eruv. I could get the key all the way to the closet, and therefore it's a good Eruv. Besada A Sada is considered a Carmelis. And could I carry from a Carmelis to my Rishus Hayochid? On Shabbos? No. But we're not talking about Shabbos. We're talking about Benishmashis. Could I carry from my Carmelis to my Rishus Hayochid? Benishmashis when the Eruv is Chal. Yes or no? Depends. Kirabanon. Rabbanon holds you cannot. Rebbe holds you could. So according to Rabbanon, it's not a good Eruv because it's a Shvus. It's, it's the Rabbanon and it's Shvus. Benish Moshes is also going to Rabbanon. Rabbi have a wonderful week. Tomorrow, Slichas, after Shir, Shir is at 7.15. Just in case you want to know what's going on in Rosh Hashanah, so every Rosh Hashanah, Shir is at 7.15 as usual. The first day of Rosh Hashanah, there's going to be a Shir in the base Medrash. Uh, we have to announce the time or whatever. But also, again, you know, just we'll try to make sure there's only like 10 people. Matzei Rosh Hashanah, Shir at regular time, let's call it 9 o'clock. And what we'll do is, I'll, I'll repeat the Shir. I'll repeat, first we'll do the daf of Rosh Hashanah. And David Feinberg is going to tell me why you do the daf of Rosh Hashanah, do the first daf. And then I'm going to tell him, no, that's not the way it works. And we're going to have that whole conversation. So first, the daf for that day. And then whoever wants to stick around, we're going to do the daf that we didn't record, so we could record it. That's for recording purposes only. Everybody should try to do their daf by themselves. And there'll be another, so we'll do two dafim on Matzi Rosh Hashanah. The shir, everybody's going to learn normal learning because it's about the yoimi. You're not going to wait for the shir. So this, you learn on Rosh Hashanah. And we're going to learn on Rosh Hashanah. I'm going to give a shir on Rosh Hashanah. A Matzi Rosh Hashanah, in case somebody missed it, and just for those to have it on, on file and have a video of it, I'm going to give the Rosh Hashanah of the first day's daf after Rosh Hashanah's second day daf. I'm Rosh Hashanah. Have a wonderful evening. A good